Hello, and welcome to Customer Experience Leaders Chat by Nice Reply, where we talk to support professionals from all over the world and discuss what's behind their team success. This interview is brought to you by Nice Reply, an all-in-one customer satisfaction tool that helps you measure and improve the quality of your customer service. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on a future episode, please reach out to us at podcast at nicereply.com. My name is Craig Stoss, and I'm here today with Andrew Spittle, Head of Customer Support at Automatic. Andrew, welcome to the show. Thanks, Craig. Thanks for having me. And thank you for taking the time today. Uh, Andrew, we're here to chat about hiring and, and specifically some of the unique aspects of hiring at Automatic. So maybe we'll start by diving into the philosophy of hiring at Automatic. What, what, how do you perceive hiring to, in your company? Sure. So we look at hiring as, I mean, first, one of the highest impact ways we can influence both the the current work and the future direction of the company. Um, We put a lot of investment behind it. We have a dedicated team um, called our happiness experience team that handles hiring just for our support team. We've got similar ones across different functions of the company. And really, the approach we try and take is that hiring should evaluate the skills that we need people to do the job. Um, So we're looking to evaluate things that are going to be really applicable to how people perform in their work as automaticians for, you know, on on day one, on month one, year one, and, you know, hopefully year five, 10, and on down the line. How do you accomplish this? Like, like making sure someone can do the day-to-day work in support is is not something you hear about when you think about interviews. You think about strengths and weaknesses and skill sets and, and, and questions that kind of, how have you done this at previous companies? Like those types of, of uh, discussions. Uh, it must be different if you're focusing really specifically on day-to-day efforts. It is, yeah. So we, we really kind of design... Um, our entire hiring process around, you know, what we're trying to evaluate. And so for us, what that means, you know, some context, our support teams handle primarily live chat and email. Um, We do some screen share sessions too, but I'd say, you know, 95% of those interactions are, are coming through text with our customers. And then when it comes to working alongside our colleagues, we're also a very text heavy company as well. Um, we're spread across the globe in more than 70 countries. So most of your communication with colleagues is happening in text through Slack, internal blogs, things like that. And so the kind of process and how we go about this is we use text interviews from the start. So we actually hire people full-time without ever having seen them on video, talk to them over voice, anything like that. Uh, So there's text interviews throughout. And then we also do um, part-time trial contracts with people prior to making any full-time hiring decision. Uh, And, you know, we're, we're giving them real work to do over that time period. And part of that is because we want, we want the hiring experience to be a mutual one. We want it to be a case where we're, as an employer, evaluating candidates based on how we can think, how we think they can do the job. And those candidates are also evaluating us. You know, we want them to have as much information as possible before they make a decision um, to potentially, you know, leave a current job. We're distributed, so nobody's like uprooting their family and potentially moving cities or anything. But there's still a lot of life changes that go into taking a new job. And, and we want people to have as much as they uh as much as they can have in terms of information to make that decision. Are they accessing real customer data? Like, are you, are they talking to your customers directly? 
Yeah, they are. So we're doing um, their their part time, very flexible contracts. So the intent is like you know, it's just kind of a you know, like. 10, 15 hours a week or so can be done evenings, weekends, kind of whenever. It's very much up to the candidate to drive. Uh, but from, you know, we do some training and we have some, uh, you know, good kind of quality assurance systems in place and stuff. But they are working on real real customer questions. Um, it's not a sandbox. We're not giving just kind of like sample exercises and seeing how they do. We want for both our evaluation purposes and their experience um, to give them as, as close to the real thing as possible. If you're uh, if you're doing training and and kind of teaching them some tools and some basics to be able to do the job ahead of time, how do you how do you keep that momentum going after after they're hired? Yeah, so we've tried a number of different things over the years. Um, I've been at the company for eleven years, so as we've gone from fifty to fifteen hundred people, so you can obviously imagine some very different approaches uh, over that growth. But I can talk a little bit about what we're doing today. Um, so when uh, people join, you know, they're going through the trial. Uh, that that contract period is just about three weeks. It's pretty short. We try and be respectful of people's time, and we know that obviously it's not going to be enough time in you know, handful of hours a week, evenings, weekends to get the full experience that they need to be successful in the job. So we, when people join full-time, they go right into a, a eight-week onboarding program. And so they're going through that as a group too with a bunch of new hires. And that's giving them a, ba- a foundation in company history, what our products do, because we run a number of different products. Um, and it's giving them kind of some defined training so that then at the end of those eight weeks, they go into whatever full-time role they're supporting in one of our businesses. And one of the perks there is, you know, build some momentum by giving people a shared experience because we are a distributed company. Everybody, for the most part, is just kind of working from from, from home and, and not... Um, and not seeing their their coworkers, and but having that group to go through gives you that kind of like you don't have to worry about being the one new person in the team. Like you're literally for those first eight weeks only new people on the team, and so we we're hoping that it gives people a little more comfort and space to kind of get acclimated to to what they're stepping into. One of the things you just said was in the area of you're fully remote. You, you know, they, they won't be able to meet their coworkers. They weren't met face-to-face as part of the interview process as well. Um, how is the integration work for these, these new hires coming into the team? Yeah, we, we do a couple different things. So that, that onboarding program really helps. That's a big piece of it in terms of just giving people some common language, common history, common understanding of kind of who we are, how we've grown as a company, the scope of the products, because any new happiness engineer, day to day, they're going to be supporting just one product. Um, But, you know, say they're supporting WordPress.com. There's still, we feel a lot of value for them to understand what Jetpack is, what WooCommerce is, what Tumblr is, and kind of how all these different pieces of the puzzle fit together at a company level. We want people to have that wide perspective of, of the group that they're coming into and joining. So, you know, some things we do there is we train um, actually the, the first one, we have our first onboarding cohort uh, going through right now. And on Wednesday this week, I'll be doing uh, an ask me anything session with them. You know, that's part of one of the pieces we bring them into is I host those kind of sessions for all of our happiness team about every, every month or two. Um, but we're given, you know, 
folks new to the company, that ability to have kind of a direct one, small group, it'll be a little more uh, casual and fun. Um, and then a lot of that kind of bringing into the culture happens when they join their full-time team too. So what that looks like is those teams are, you know, pretty small. They're, they're 10 to 15 people tops, um, you know, mix of people, uh, 10 years, all that sort of stuff. And those teams all for the most part have their own kind of culture too. And so usually, you know, they'll, they'll get an intro post, but we encourage people to also, um, at a company level, do things like make an introduction post short video. Who are you? What are you from? Bring, bring to the surface some of those things that, you know, we're not going to get to know otherwise where we might, you know, have lunch with you in an office. We don't, we don't get that as a distributed company. So we want to kind of create spaces where people can volunteer whatever they're comfortable with. Um, but then teams also do fun stuff where um, some teams will have, most teams have like weekly update threads, just kind of on one of our internal blogs, post a little bit about what you worked on this week. A lot of them do like fun, kind of random, quirky, like icebreaker questions, you know, um, what was a car you really dreamed of as a teenager or something? Um, you know, what's a movie you've watched recently? Stuff that like, if you're thinking of it as like an icebreaker exercise at a conference might feel kind of kitschy and awkward. Um, but in a di distributed team is, is fun because a lot of times like you don't know that otherwise. Um, our, our happiness experience team actually handles all the hiring. They have on the sidebar of their internal blog, like a, a tracking list of uh, each team member's progression of watching uh, seasons of the TV show Schitt's Creek. Um, and, you know, that's kind of their culture and like their posts have a bunch of those GIFs. Um, their virtual Zoom backgrounds will be clips from the show, you know, stuff like that, where we just try and encourage each team to have as much of its own identity as it can. Yeah, that's that's great. The uh, One of the things that I've done recently is at the beginning of every meeting, we do a roundtable of your professional best and your personal best from the previous week and just go through and you share something about what you've done, you know, day to day. And then of course, something that you're doing in your business that that's relevant to the people at the table. It was, it's a, it's a neat, neat tradition. Yeah, that's cool. And you know, I, I wouldn't say we have this all figured out either, right? Like sometimes the stuff we do is really simple too. Like we have a bunch of, um, Slack channels that are use this donut bot app that just make like random introductions between people. Um, so like it took us a long time to figure out that that was like a cool thing to set up and that people would get a lot of value from it. <laughs> you know, we probably should have figured that out a, a little, little earlier than we did, but it's great. And a lot of people get um, value from that's just those, you know, random connections. Yeah. And being Canadian, I have to also recognize the shout out to Shits Creek. I mean, that's just a, a classic Canadian sitcom. That is, right that is fair. I am only, I, I am uh, not holding up my end of the bargain as the, uh, head of support, I, I'm only into like season two. So I've got some, some catch up work to do to get through here. <laughs> there you go. Um, I want to, I want to step back a little bit uh, back to the text interview piece we started with this conversation with, because it's really interesting to me, you know, normally you have a very structured, you know, Oh, you know, your HR screening call, you know, you might meet the hiring manager. Maybe you meet some team members. It's very, very structured. And you, you almost could predict it depending on the size of the organization. Um, how does that look? Who, who are the people that, that you interact with when you're working back and forth through, uh, through your text interview process? Yeah. And they are real people just because it's a text interview. We're not using like interview bots or something. Um, so 
our hiring team is made up of uh, people who join the company as happiness engineers. So we're doing hiring work today, but they come from a long track record of expertise in the job itself. And we use just Slack channels for the interview. So um, the application has some you know, questions we ask everybody to answer. We usually give people like a little, a very short, just uh, project test to do, and then we invite them to interview. And so the interview is you know, private Slack channel that's hiring team yourself. Uh, conversations usually run for about an hour, uh, but you know we'll sometimes ask some follow up questions async. Um, it also gives people sometimes they'll be like, oh, I thought of this thing. You know, afterwards, let me add on. And it's really you know think of it as kind of like. Um, really almost like doing a live chat, you know, um, we ask questions. A lot of it is just about giving people space to, um, talk about their, their perspective and philosophy of customer support, talk about their experiences. And we're trying to just get a sense of like, how are you able to communicate through text? You know, you're, um, we're not giving you the questions ahead of time. It's not like a prepared text interview. Um, because, what we want to do is in customer support, you're often going to be asked to answer things quickly that you have to figure out. And we want the interview environment to mirror that a little bit. We want to evaluate and gauge how well you can do when put in a position to um, answer stuff through text based on just your own experiences. There aren't necessarily right or wrong answers. We're just looking to have a conversation about it. And we want to come away from it feeling like, you know, there's some depth there and some um, ability to convey experience and expertise that will carry over to the full-time work environment too. I mean, this is just a, a, a very unique process. There must be some benefits that you've seen through this, like to continue this and to, to take on such a unique process given, you know, uh, against what the industry does as a whole, there, you know, what benefits do you see? Why, why do you continue doing it this way? Yeah, I think part of it is definitely, you know, a more, in my mind, diverse and inclusive hiring flow. Um, we're only hiring people based on the skills that are relevant to doing the job. We're not, it doesn't matter, you know, what their appearance is like. It doesn't matter if they speak English with an accent none of those things are actually relevant to, to doing the job and being a great automatician. Uh, and we don't really want those to factor into our hiring decision. We want the hiring decision to be based on the skills that you're in a need to succeed. Uh, so that's definitely part of it. You know, I think a lot of companies can make missteps where they sort of design interview processes around their idea of how things should work and don't actually step back and ask whether they need to know uh, if somebody's able to do the thing they're asking. You know, we also, you know, I think interviews and in, in our hiring is is definitely one part of this, but we also have really good retention in the team. You know, we have folks who have been, you know, with with our support team for eight, nine, 10 years in some cases, in many, many cases, three, four, five, six years, folks who have learned and grown in their roles and, you know, moved to other parts of the organization, either in support or elsewhere. And, you know, the, the thread throughout it in terms of benefit, I would say, is that from the start of our interaction with a candidate, 
through to their time as a full-time automatician, we're evaluating them in a way that's tied to real work. It's never this like sandbox environment or sort of um, fake construct where it's like whiteboard exercises and panel interviews through voice that put people on the spot and they're going to worry if they say um too often or if they, you know, need 30 seconds to think of an answer. Um, We create a space where that isn't relevant and doesn't come up. And then we come out of that hiring process, actually having a material sense of how somebody will perform in the job because we've been putting them through the paces of the job rather than the interview process. Uh, that's, that's superb in my opinion. I mean, just what, what an ideal situation. Um, maybe to close here uh, for our listeners who maybe think this is a great idea or they feel like there is improvements to their hiring process. How would you pitch this to to your HR department if you are using more traditional interview methods? I think the two recommendations I would have is to first outline the skills that your team needs to excel. So what are the things that make up the best of the best for the people you're hired or you have already hired? And then really honestly assess the skills that you're actually testing for in an interview. Um, if your team members are never on the phone with customers, uh, if they're, if the amount of time they spend in a week on calls with team members is, you know, an hour or two a week, uh, you know, maybe all voice interviews are not the best way to assess their communication skills. Plenty of people who are fantastic writers, uh, who are not as exceptional at speaking, um, you're probably going to find if you make those two column lists of the skills you need to excel and the skills you're testing for in an interview that they probably don't match, at least in some areas. Maybe maybe you actually do need people who are very good speakers. That's fine. Um, you should probably do voice interviews. But if you're hiring for live chat, email, very text-heavy support roles and your team is communicating through text, I think the, the pitch I would make for where to start is just pick one interview of the process and do a text interview. doesn't have to be text start to finish. If you don't feel like you can confidently make a hiring decision without actually seeing somebody on a video call, you know, fine. Um, but you're probably doing multiple interview stages. Mix it up. Do one is text. First, second stage, doesn't matter. The idea is just to put people in an experience that's closer to the job they're going to do. And, and then you know, start keeping track of how people perform in that. Do you see that if you do a voice interview and a text interview, you get really disparate rankings in terms of you know who the strong candidates are? Uh, do you find that people are consistently strong in both? Um, and you know track what some of the hires lead to. Some of your best hires, people who had weaker voice interviews but knocked it out of the park in a text interview, um, kind of reflect back on that. I think that's where just adding one step into the process would be best. What a what a great and unique process, uh, Andrew. Uh, congratulations on all the success with it, and thank you so much for spending time with us today. You're welcome. I really appreciate you taking the time too. And thank you all for listening to Customer Experience Leaders Chat by Nice Reply with today's guest, Andrew Spittle from Automatic. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please leave a rating or share it with others. And always make sure to check out our other support interviews and more quality content at NiceReply.com.